Hi, good morning to all of you. I hope you're still doing quite well today. And welcome to day two of the IDA Summit, the IIDA, that is the Indian Interior Design and Architecture Summit, organized by the Architects Diary and powered by Blended. My name is Benita Ghoshal, and I am the editor in chief of East India Perspective. And just like yesterday for screen one today, also I will be the host for screen one. So welcoming you all to day two, as I can, as we actually already have begun day two with quite a banging start with uh, such an amazing video by uh, Winnie Mars about what's next. I'm pretty sure that all our creative and innovative juices have started flowing regarding uh, what can be the future of our cities and what kind of cities do we actually get to see, you know, in 2050 or something like that. Do we actually get to see flying cars and something like we saw in Jetsons when we were young? Or, I don't know, will it be something even more crazier and even more fanciful? So, while our creative juices are flowing, let's just uh, get on with the day. So, for those who are joining right now, let, just to let you know that the IDF IDA Summit is an initiative by the Architects Diary. It aims to bring about a stir in the architecture fraternity through insightful engagements with renowned and great minds in the field of architecture and design. There always has been sort of a competition between art and technology where we constantly feel that uh, either one of them is winning and one is lagging behind. But probably in real life, like we already stated yesterday and actually even got, got uh, you know, life proofs of that through a lot of lectures and workshops and, panel dis and probably panel discussion that... Uh, it's probably not that. That is not the reality. The reality is that art, architecture and technology are kind of moving hand in hand to provide us, that is provide the entire humanity with a better life, with a much more civilized lifestyle, uh, with the, with an elevated sense of living, if we may be able to call it. So obviously from this you'll be able to understand that this is theme, as we all know, is reinventing design through technology. The partner of this event is Blendin, the ultimate mobile application for all news that is art, architecture and design from across the world. So through this two-day event, that is the day two is today, uh, you will be able to attend all the different panel discussions, workshops and sessions that will be happening today, which we have already gotten on board with. Just a few things that you might take note of, which actually might be helpful, is you can switch between Auditorium 1 and Auditorium 2 anytime you feel like coming. Actually, there is the entire schedule which is available in each of the auditoriums. You might want to download it in case you still don't have it and might want to take note of all the lectures and all the panel discussions that you would like to attend and make sure you don't list them because our architects and us for that matter are more than excited to converse with you, uh, talk about uh, art, architecture, technology and all together have a wonderful time. So during the last few minutes of any session, you can send in your questions and we vote up to the designers to answer them on your behalf. <clears throat> so as I said, you can definitely send in questions and we will decide to give you prompt replies uh, to the designer, to the architect, whoever is the speaker on board. You can also mail them in case you want to like 
through it uh, five some minutes into the you know the whole lecture and everything you can email them us to iida summit at the rate gmail.com uh please uh of course for a better experience use your laptops uh to attend this particular iida summit also there is a network lounge if you have observed where you can actually you know network with all the participants and everybody who's present for the event and actually again all together enjoy and have a great time at this day to iida summit so already we have as i said started off we have started off our day two on a very positive and a very inspiring note so moving on let's move on to something even more better and even more inspiring you know something like hearing an architect speak maybe absolutely live yeah probably on live stream that's something we might be looking forward to so yes we do have mr badrinath kaleru in the house who will be speaking to you mr badrinath kaleru a gold medalist from iit rule team founded studio ardet in 2010 with the belief that every problem has the capacity to inspire unique and creative solutions that motivate growth his vision is to design spaces that will evolve into art enriching the lives of the people inhabiting them his work has been published on various national and international platforms besides being shortlisted and awarded so we already have mr badnath in the house so i would like to welcome you sir thank you so much for agreeing to be a part of the iida summit 2.0 this absolutely this day wouldn't have probably started on the amazing honor it may be right now without you so go ahead please uh, take the stage and i think our audience is more than excited to hear you out so please go forward sir thank you binita and iida for this opportunity for having me here and let us get into understanding based on the context what we have reinventing design through technology so in this like uh, i would like to start with uh, how like why technology is uh, like is part and parcel of our life and how does it actually impacts architecture per se because uh, for example like there have been how the evolution has happened right from the first industrial revolution so the whole i'll just want to run you through how the perspective of architects has changed because when the first industrial revolution happened in every industrial revolution they say that like three things change completely for example the the power that the source to power things for example energy and transport how the mobility happens and communication so all three together when they change it causes what we call as an industrial revolution and after that the world doesn't look like what it was before and it is even difficult for people to actually imagine from a about from a pre-industrial age to what would it change completely for example like in when we have seen that after the first industrial revolution there was a complete shift in the economy and wherein like the when coal was invented and transport for example like railroads were in, in, invented the entire railroad network which happened and telegram was the first it was the change in communication so that at that time before that time like architecture the role of architects like they were they were also like before the uh, first industrial revolution they used to be like master builders they had this more like we used to have lot more responsibilities of actually building it up and then um, when we actually uh, moved from there then the, the role of architects as like at that time where they were supposed to be like they were building nations and everything then it changes in the second industrial revolution for example when oil came into place when oil was discovered then roads the entire cars like for example for transport the entire road network was created it was a completely 
different way like people like building started needing parking for example which was never there in the first place and communication for example from telegrams to telephone it was it completely shifted the way people lived and imagine what life would be so during that time also like uh, during all this like for example even in the present uh, like there was a like uh, uh, the third industrial revolution where it talks about like uh, right now like it says that we are also in an industrial revolution so what is it changing right now and why is it important to us because what is changing right now would create what the life would exist on this particular planet like for the next 10 20 30 years and for the, how it has been completely being changed and why it is important to us because we are catering for like what we are catering is to make spaces for human beings and once the way that as a human beings as a community completely changes the way to look at things then it would completely impact for example architecture per se so everything in architecture is a function of what the available technology is for example how the energy is changing right now so right now we are in a industrial revolution where we uh, the for the first time in the history people are started producing power i mean like when for example energies traditionally were created in bigger factories and transported to people now to a point where you can put your own solar panels and create your own energy so all to expand that when so many so people are creating what putting the planet with entire solar solar systems so the whole concept of making an energy and transporting to people is gone so this opens up a completely different perspective of how the future would be and similarly when we talk about transport nowadays like uh, with the advent of uh, we are now in a stage where we are looking at driverless autonomous vehicles so driverless autonomous vehicles completely would change how a car would have been imagined for the last 100 years because the whole 100 years the car was primarily kept in a perspective of having it with respect to a driver as a center of it but now today when there is no driver the whole concept of owning the car also is completely questionable it is even possible that we would make buildings 20 years down the line without the need of uh, having parkings per se and even how the communication is completely being changed in terms of uh, with the advent of like the uh, like we are looking into a world where it is completely like we are edging into metaverse and in a completely new way how we could communicate with people as it was not possible before so here are um, examples that are around us what are happening right now for example recently like mario cucinella architects and wasp actually created uh, this completely made like made with earth kind of 3d printed buildings and even like uh, how it could even be built into steel and like how it happened in amsterdam so in this particular possibility where technology is like aiding and we're creating something which was not done before so how i would also run you through like how as a practice we have been able to create something with the technology which we were being unable to do it probably in a different time so for example the first project i would want to talk about is the ribbon house so ribbon house is made in concrete it has this like the whole idea is like the whole uh, the spaces are like caved into this set of concrete ribbons and how it shapes into the 
spaces and how it creates this kind of soft spaces. So this, for example, is not a 3D printed building. It's completely made out of hand. But yes, it has a lot of like, because of the technology being gated into it, we could create what we could not have created possibly. For example, first thing was the design communication. It's not that we could create, we could not create these designs before, but how do we communicate these kind of designs to people who are working on hand or doesn't have experience on looking at these technologies to actually physically understand it. So for that, in the in, during the initial meetings, we actually had a full scale 3D, 3D printed model for made out of it, wherein we could communicate that what we actually wanted it out of it and how the spaces need to exist. And that gave them access. And the other way of communication was probably earlier, like uh, from drawings to models, which can be accessed and referred to at site, where it gives you a lot more information and constantly changing information so that it provides them the tools to build it because probably curves and these kind of fluid surfaces when they are challenging, yes, but to, they are challenging to build on a factory and even more ch challenging to build on a site. And it is even more challenging to build with people who are not experienced to build with it. So the kind of casting, shuttering that needs to be done for it, the framework that needs to be done for it and how this reinforcement has to be done. So it completely uh, changes the way like we could have worked earlier. So these are some of the uh, examples of how... Uh, like how the surface moves in smoothly. And for this, like when there is a, a manual intervention, like what was some, supposed to be made, like uh, what was supposed to be made like with human, because buildings probably are the last things that would still exist that would be uh, made with, uh, with hands per se. So to create those kind of curves in a real sense and to actually check the rightness of it, probably like we uh, certain times used uh, like... AR-based objects where we could really scale up and look at it that are we, what we were making, was it in, in sync with what was the initially proposed. So it has this uh, gentle curves that flow into it and even the the staircase. So many a times, I'm, I don't talk not just about like um, the parametricism or what we talk about the fluid-based architecture in terms of the technology that is available because technology uh, even for any kind of uh, form making or any kind of architecture which was not possible earlier. So with the help of technology, like here even like in this also like uh, how we could convert a model into a physical object wherein like all the curves have been taken care of. And this, for example, staircase, here we used components which were precast. So for example, the steps were precast onto a model and then we have got onto it and then parametrically tied them up to form like a net structure. And the bottom few steps we have converted them into a bar wherein like it reaches where the staircase reaches to the bottom it converts into a bar. And this flowingness of it was which would have been earlier being not possible but because of the uh, available like how we could communicate in terms of uh, visualization uh, methods like we use uh, virtual reality to actually communicate with the clients and the stakeholders that how we could uh, create this and this for example to be made on site it makes a lot more things easier like it would have been a lot difficult to make if either it would have been made completely by hand so for this was another example where 
we use assistance of uh, computer aided manufacturing to create these kind of ribbons but still it these were uh, made with hand so we're talking of an example where the sections were not completely made in factory because this is a veneer store and this has been like hand pasted with veneers this entire structure and these in this like uh, what um, to create this kind of space wherein it is free flowing so we used a system where we could uh, it's a simple like a puzzle based system where we could slice through with uh, machines where with cnc machines we could completely slice through uh, with at every sections of every intervals of around 75 to 100 mm where we could slice through them and we created like a, a zigzag puzzle and each one was individually numbered and they were engraved on at the stage of manufacturing the individual section as well so at that time when we so when we started so the person at site has just had to read through them and then just start stitching into it and then by section by section we could create it then we could uh, wrap it up around with uh, a very uh, thin kind of a veneer surface which can be cladded onto it like seamlessly so this was uh, when we were uh, working on it initially so this was a 3d model that was made for it the whole idea was um, the purpose why it was made for what it is was like it was a veneer store and we wanted to show the uh, the whole experience of what the best possibilities of veneer it could be so this there's an uh, way place where we could see one element which was forming what we call as a ceiling it forms the a console it forms a sitting and it even forms a table so this one single ribbon that moves all over the place and so at the communication step like initially while modeling yes these have been uh, this was like for example this was sketched onto it and then we used softwares like rhinoceros and grasshoppers to create the, the smooth surfaces and then like slice through them to make it for the 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 drawings for the factory and then they come back into puzzle and then the the handwork which has to be done on top of it by the veneering and everything so it is more like it assisted the kind of possibility which would have otherwise been like not possible right from the uh, conceptualization to uh, to get it for through communication and at the same time uh, to get it to on site to to execution so this um, was another uh, structure where we used um, we we uh, so basically we used different uh, set of scaled models 3d printed to calculate the the kind of stresses which are we are having at the edge of the b so it was it helped the structural consultant to understand how it was because uh, when we gave the initial concept to them so it was difficult for them to uh, actually visualize that what exactly we are trying to do then with the with the models and with the kind of communication it became lot more uh, easier so this kind of and even for uh, for example uh, the kind of angles to be executed on site uh with the kind of like hololens kind of technologies where we could see through it like where are we uh, are we there or are there are certain things that needs to be shifted into and uh so this is was an um, a project that we did um, about, uh, like around 5 6 years ago and this was a facade that was made for a a commercial uh, building and this uh, facade here we uh, we initially bidded uh, we were developing sort of free flowing um typologies because the idea was like uh, this was in a this building was in an um, 
setup where it was uh, an emerging part of it and we are looking to make something that was uh, to resist back the main structure to because it's a uh, it was a west facing thing we had to cut through the heat and we were using uh, because it was a tight budgeted project so we were using uh, we weren't using high spec glasses so we were finding a way where we could create some sort of an element which could wrap around the entire surface so when it was a done in 3 inches thick concrete and for the kind of perforations here so there was a lot of initial idea like you know okay uh, when we started typology and then and we started sketching it out and then uh, we map when we looked at uh, created perforations within like by using programs where we could reduce the number of polygons remove the surfaces and still again like when though um, there is parametricism there it has to do with lot uh, the human intuition element which cannot be completely eliminated because that's how like uh, we are like the humans design is smarter than like or the way we look at things are very different because the whole human element that where we could capture those views where we can keep that thing flowing how could we let the greenery come through it so these were like right from the initial sketches the intent was there and that could be translated so by using technologies but yes but uh, at the core of it it needs to exist in form of an idea which has to be manifested into it because end of the day we talk about um, ai where computers are creating artwork and architecture but uh, what if it misses out onto the human intuition or the human element because end of the day probably like uh, the whole aspect of architecture has to do with more with humans than with anything else so like as architects though we are technologists we are technicians we are engineers but we need to be like it has to be it's more human than anything else so then the whole aspect of human changes this completely so this was um, uh, a project where we did it for a school and it was in the uh, the it was on the main uh, highway where we were looking at uh, having a this was an extension block so the whole idea was how we could create a a playfulness around um, what the experience of uh, arrival could be so this entire thing because it was for a school we wanted to uh, bring in out that playfulness so this was made with uh, simple curved surfaces because in terms of um, uh, the initial thought it was more uh, complicated which was more curved but to to we had to work with the available budgets and this was being made in like one of a very remote places which was very far away from so the kind of infrastructure availability so end of the day it was supposed to be made with all by hands and with very minimal tools and appliances so for that like then we had to rework the curves into simple curves from but say with uh, from parametric curves to simpler curves and to simpler arc curves which were easily achievable and maintainable at sites so many a times uh, we also have to evaluate the the possibilities of design to possibilities of what could be executed and how we could still work with the intent that was there initially so that was uh, how we could uh, create this kind of a playful thing this was an um, very uh, initial project where we had this 
a parametric roof where we could literally like give each particular with a surface calculate what would be the lens of the rods that has to be done so it was completely calculated by the software where we could get give them that individual like a list of the rods with codes and what height it needs to be placed with so which was again like which in a manual process would have been completely like not possible to do these are other examples where we could use curves and could create something that was uh, really like interesting so where are we headed to for example in the present situation like uh, where we are looking at uh, complete like 3d printing to a point where it could be completely uh, replaced the manual labor and probably like how the entire uh, concept has been completely changing probably like there would be a possibility like in in the future where we talk about okay robots building uh, places so it could not be like uh, with the current kind of disruptions that are happening it could uh, it would completely change the way uh, how spaces would be what we have been thinking probably it would be more like how we have seen in star wars or like how kind of those sci-fi movies because end of the day the whole idea of the the frame structures or like what was the idea of the domino system was primarily based on the understanding of structure and the available technology and once we work with materials which they don't need any kind of supporting structure for casting for say like how con concrete needs to a surface to be casted into a mold that is to be casted into to a point where they are just deposited like in how 3d printing happens so it completely uh, would change the way we are looking at a spaces probably more optimized spaces would like we would completely get rid of um, straight edges or probably angular edges which would be based on the materials we have today so the future materials would completely change in the way that the fluidity of forms that would happen where because the whole idea of incremental deposition which is how the 3d printing works which could make uh, buildings like uh, more closer to nature probably because nature also builds step by step and probably that could be one possibility and in terms of like uh, ai there could be a significant um, like significant uh, understanding or movement in terms of uh, elements which we don't process them at the same time simultaneously like now we have uh, like the whole idea of having uh, now we have so many consultants on to projects so then with this ai though like it could be possible like uh, that the, there could be a segment of people building like uh, like homes or completely without the need of a human architect so if there would be ai architects which so what if like you could uh, uh, create uh, like ai architect out of probably like what was zahadi doing like the entire uh, thing what she was doing if you can make it learn to a machine and to create something that was there so probably we could uh, have an ai frankloid right or ai leekobazier which would completely would change the way we look at things completely and in terms of like uh, how mass production has been changing so like even in certain countries people still they can book their houses and they come in a box and they can open it up so where things would be like when we uh, where people can actually make build their homes themselves to offices so it 
the the way how uh, it would affect the entire thing would be like even so understanding technology has been like one of the biggest um, biggest things that architects have been adapting to because everything what we consider as what it is uh, the best possible thing for anything would probably um, be only well valid with that given technology because a design can only exist when um, the design optimization works only best when the technology is stagnant once the technology changes the parameters of design completely change so that way like uh, how we like for example there is an example where we were doing a huge installation for an indoor environment and we were working with an artist who was uh, based out of Poland so so to work with an um, artist and an architect together so we were creating a installation which was uh, done together and it was being a, a huge humanoid sculpture so for that uh, there have been like uh, for example the artist was working on smaller models we could uh, scan them and then scale it up into this human the uh, huge spaces and then we redesign them as per the space and keeping the art, art, artist intent and to change completely into something that was different and that particular object when we discussed through the the artist which was again like uh, which was completely changed in 3d was printed onto a real object and then the artist had that as an input to create what was finally created so this uh, help that technology has given has also increased in terms of the collaborative effort for de various design professionals because art being a very very subjective and very individualistic thing can now be something where uh, where they could be multiple professionals involved into it and where they could still create communicate and even the whole aspect of the metaverse how it is shaping into where we now also completely eliminated uh, the physical possibilities of materials the physical possibilities of gravity to completely virtual environments and that would would probably be like probably a different way like even uh, i'm not sure how architects would exist in the future per se like they wouldn't be like looking like the way like that they are today or it would need a different kind of understanding and different kinds of understanding of technology for example like how architecture was taught would completely change and how the future architects would be it would completely change the way how it could be existing so for example like certain things which we we thought would be uh, possible like in terms of in the changing aspect of technology as architects what we need to um, uh, look at what I would perspective is like we need to probably uh, unlearn few things probably which we have like learned and probably look at new ways for example uh, like building like already like uh, there have been uh, you know, buildings like there have been uh, cases where people started stopped building for the program because the program itself is changing and it changes for the span of the entire building so now the whole aspect of uh, building for functionality has moved to uh, building for all the future possibility as is a new perspective where we could look at it and at the same time when because with this technology there could also give access to 
the materials which were used earlier but which were considered good but didn't had the kind of like didn't sustain for the 19th or 20th century for example lime per se was which was the widest building material probably a couple of centuries back and now today it's like totally been replaced by its new like cousin or the, the concrete what we see so there could be but uh, still we know that the the better possibilities for lime and now other properties um, are still intact or good so there could be possibilities with technology where we can bring back like sustainable materials which were used for earlier generations but because of the fast paced shift of the population or the possibilities which we wanted though had those have been eliminated from the mainstream construction so with that or with this kind of new technologies they could be brought back into mainstream technologies so this is one thing which i would be like probably excited which in terms of to see how we could bring back new materials or new possibilities and find new technologies because end of the day when um, when technologies evolve it needs certain time and understanding to convert them into what is really purposeful and useful because technology initially like it might be exciting but many a times that it needs certain kind of uh, wisdom to actually reach to a point where we say that uh, the technology would be helpful in the way that it could actually create impact for people so with this i conclude my presentation i'm open for questions or whatever Thank you so much, uh, Mr. Badrinath. Um, maybe couldn't be more enlightened with actually, again, since yesterday we have been, but this is again altogether like you spoke about, altogether different perspective that we got to know about. And yes, we will be getting a few questions. It usually takes a little bit for the questions to pop up. Meanwhile, um, if you don't mind, I had a few things going on in my head while you were uh, delivering your thing. So maybe I could just start with that. So, uh, as as obviously we know uh, that Studio Audit has been very, um, what should I say, into the whole <laughs> concept of, let me say, idealistic and innovative facade designing, right? With the, of course, with the encryption of technology. So, uh, if I have to tell you, which was one of the most challenging facades that uh, you envisioned and actually got to implement it? Because a lot of times, uh, you know, new architects do complain that even if we think big, uh, it doesn't get implemented. So I genuinely want to know which was that one facade or one design for that matter that you really envisioned in a very futuristic or a really, um, you know, challenging manner and actually still uh, could go through it or how did you do it? So if you could just tell us about that. So basically, like, uh, when, uh, like, you know, what normally when we uh, visualize it and we always like, we look at possible, for example, Never Never Cube when it was made, we had challenges for getting it done in terms of uh, so we actually for a certain kind of thing so usually we need to um, work with the contractors to 
to actually get to a point that what would be the possible challenges of executing it because usually when do initial years so we didn't we like because as architects we always live in a virtual zone mm-hmm. like okay for creativity possibility but at the same time uh, reality also needs to be part of that particular possible so when we were um, working so for never never cube so it was like uh, quite uh, challenging in terms of that when we first said okay we need to rest everything would be hanging out of fit and it will be of a facade so it was like the, even the structure that pretend was like a bit skeptical about what we could be possibly done but yes like uh, so it more of the, often than not the challenges is about how we actually could find the right way of executing it because that is very critical because yes you can uh, build up the, you can build this uh, same facades and spend up double the money so and that most of the time would completely change the way the economics because we already push our boundaries to the maximum possibilities of the project budgets and when we are at that particular bridge and then if there's there is an elevator uh, there's a facade that needs to be executed in which would we are spending double the money and that's where probably like the stakeholders would uh, would not be much interested and somewhere we would miss the whole point of it so for that we actually sit with it with the um, like the contractors and the execution team if we could find the trick to execute it so in never never cube it's actually just one mold that was repeated uh, twisted turned and so we made one entire die for a shuttering for one particular box and we just keep repeating them so which saved like for example it was uh, complicated but in a way it was modular so and there was certain element which was not like casted that was flowing into it so with that and uh, it completely uh, changed so for example even for um, the ribbon house it was quite um, a challenge to actually keep that curves in place and certain times it was uh, really pushing the boundaries and a couple of times the curves didn't get right so we had to literally like rip some part of it so that was like like ribbon house and never never cube a couple of things which was okay so <clears throat> we had we have one question that has popped up so is it imperative to study the form of the design <clears throat> uh that could take by using 3d printed technology yeah that's the question that has been popped so so um for example when we um so if the question is about uh, the study the form of the design by so when we talk about 3d printed technology so for example we have been uh, been using prototyping our uh, facades and quite a lot of it for quite some time so in that like um, the whole uh, idea is like when we uh, initially so the communication part gets much clearer in a 3d print so yes for an as an uh, architect's perspective you can understand real scales and real sizes and everything but the same visualization you don't have it for the stakeholder who has to take a decision so that becomes very because many a times like when we uh, the 3d printing would help in certain objects like for example when they are uh, curvaceous surfaces it helps a lot because even there are other tools of modeling but this uh, additive would get you much closer to it and yes understanding it from that perspective for example where you are in the space for example when we are looking at uh, when we made a project for that the vinyl store timberine so it was like we had to actually show him that how this entire thing because looking at the 3d the client was like i don't understand anything of it what you're showing so then we actually put it to a real scale 
and uh, understand that how these things would uh, blend into it and how they used into it. So that helps a lot in communication. Even we use it like, for example, in some places we use it like as a replacement of drawings because if it is as it is complicated enough, so it needs, for example, the drawing would need uh, information, probably 100 pieces of information. That 100 pieces of information can completely be eliminated by a scaled 3D model. Right. Okay. So another one, another question has popped up. How efficient is it to optimize? No, actually, sorry, there's a little a note uh, as well, which I should read out, I guess. Awesome presentation. Uh, how about optimization? How efficient is it to optimize and not compromise the shape of the building? That's interesting, I think. So, um, so again, the, when we talk about optimizing, because um, so what happens is like, uh, like when we talk about a certain possibility, of a form or a particular thing, so uh, it that's why like when it uh, the first thing that is needs to be uh, happen that it needs to exist in a real world. So when it needs to exist in a real world, uh, we have to see what are the possible ways of getting it right. For example, if we look at um, like how Zaha's initial days work, most of it is still unbuilt work. So it was that 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 things would happen where like the technology goes much faster than the reality or in terms of reality not just in terms of it can't be built but it can't be built to a viable solution like to build it for example i myself worked in like uh, with uh, Will, john michelle wilmot so there have been so many competitions wherein like uh, like wherein uh, the competition was won by zha but uh, the work was given to the second prize winner wilmot Ar architects because uh, though they have won the competition, that's the best possible design. But the company which they say we can't, we can't effort to build that particular design. And even that we what we saw in uh, the Tokyo Olympic, how the midway change in architecture to do it. So here the uh, the distinction which we need to uh, look at it is that end of the day, if there's an intent. And that intent has to become reality. And like for it, it becomes even more challenging for architects like us when we talk about projects where the clients have a fixed set of budgets and we have to deal through it. We are not uh, talking with giant corporates where they can think or bring raise funds for it, but they're individual homeowners or individual school owners or like individual people. So for that, uh, we it's not that we can't... Uh, Hated completely, so we need to find possible solutions. So most of the time, uh, rather than starting off from a design board, we would start from a real world, see what possibilities are there, and then what best the design is possible. So, for example, if uh, when we are doing hexalase, my parameter was consideration was I had a very good civil contractor who could execute what I was doing it, and. The building was built at a budget where I don't have access to claddings, which are possible. So I need to have that material which is being used for construction as a cladding and still create something meaningful out of it. So those parameters which come from the feedback comes from real world are far more valuable to actually process the entire design. Because designs can be processed. There were so many big designs that could exist in a virtual world. Like we have those filled with Instagram and Pinterest. What, what does it take them to get into a real world, to bring it to a real context, into a real thing? That makes all the difference. Right. So, well, 
just uh, the one bit I think that I really liked and I wish somebody had told it to me while I was a student. The the thing that you said that sometimes, you know, you can, it's not always A to Z. Sometimes you can go from Z to A if that's what it takes. That's, that's something that I think is a very practical uh, solution to a lot of things that architects face in real time. Okay, we have another question that has popped up. How did the load transfer of the parametric parametric structure happen in the ribbon house? So, end of the day, uh, uh, so for example, um, it works um, similarly, like for example, uh, for if you look at the uh, uh, Toyo Ito's uh, Taichung Convention Center, where they have uh, arches made out of uh, reinforcements, but here we didn't weld them up. But uh, yes, it works onto the similar principle where it meets that kind of flying buttresses to hold up the entire thing. So these are again uh, analyzed computers based on uh, the structural engineers where the better possibilities. And here, what happens is when we have an um, an idea that has to be executed, many a times that if there was a solution, but that solution tweaked up ten percent would make a lot of ninety percent structural sense. So that is what. For example, when we did Ribbon House, there were certain things. For example, uh, there was a certain column that uh, was being terminated at the ground floor. And then we had to, uh, then the st structure was such that we had to have in a completely uh, space which was completely without any uh, column, which was quite difficult to achieve. And it was like, uh, so the structuralist said no. So then we had to go back to our drawing board and see that how we could include that particular column into the design and still keep the intent intact. So that is the thing that uh, is more important than the initial concept. Because initial concept, you can go haywire and understand what it is. But ultimately, once you don't put in the like all the sense that is prevailing in terms of the structure, in terms of services into it, then it becomes a, a big ask like for nothing. Because whatever becomes justified if it can only be justified when it is completely structurally sound and for example building uh, these kind of structures in like this is built in earthquake zone 4 so this is a little more challenging probably if i built the, the same thing in jaipur or in for example in mumbai or hyderabad which predominantly are in zone 2 so building them in zone 4 gives you uh, it needs more kind of reinforcement or codes and everything gives you more challenges Okay, uh, I guess that's about it. So thank you so much, uh, Mr. Vazinath. It was uh, um, it was a really interesting uh, session. It was really cool to you know see your work and uh, the stuff that you guys are actually putting forward. And let's I can see since yesterday we have we are being forward, and I think we are reaching a point where we think that for now I don't think you'll see much that will be why. But every next architect comes and presents such futuristic ideas that are absolutely you know throws us into a different level of all altogether. So yeah, definitely it was really inspiring, very enlightening and definitely very informative. Thank you again for agreeing to be a part of IIDA to why though we couldn't be happier, we couldn't be more informed uh, than this. I mean, thank you so much, Mr. Badrinath. Thank you, Benita, for uh, hosting us and thank you, uh, uh, IIDA and thank you, Siddharth, for having us here and thank you, the entire team of RHD. Okay. Uh, okay, guys. So with that, we come to the end of this part of the session. But we will be resuming again <clears throat> at 2 p.m. 
So please do come back and don't click because if you choose not to join in, you might be missing out on some more, as I said, or inspiring conversations and designs and ideas that were probably that probably shared way varied perspectives than we could ever imagine in this current day. So stay tuned. Come back at 2 p.m. Let's join again for some more video conversations, panel discussions, and everything that is there in store for you. So hope to see you back at 2.